This is Big Girl Pants Podcast, episode 49. Hi! Welcome to Big Girl Pants Podcast, where we're here to talk about women, health, power, and wealth. Hosted by April Melton and Kimberly Shapiro. We are real women with real jobs doing real life. We as women know what it feels like to try to be super mom, super fit, wrinkle free, all the while climbing the corporate ladder. Sound, Sound familiar? familiar? Then this show is for you. So stay tuned. Hey, episode 49. Man, that's insane. One more till 50. 50. I can't believe it. <laughs> What's like going to happen? Oh my god. Oh my god. We're just going to get the 50. So cool. Okay, so we have a guest. Yes. Um, I would like for you to pronounce your name because I don't want to mess it up. Sure. Gianfranco. 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 And that's what I said too. Okay, so Gianfranco saw me at uh, Legacy West the other day. And reached out to me via Instagram, and he caught. But our like you recognized her, mm-hmm. yeah, for uh, for her Instagram for fitness or for big girl pants. Big girl pants. Dang it! This, this is the second time. No, this is the third time this has happened. Third time. This well, the third time you don't even know about, or one of them you don't even know about. What? So I would. We're going back here, I promise. But we're coming back, full circle. Coming back. We were at, I spoke at an event called uh, the BU Revolution, yeah. a women's leadership luncheon like sure. in May. And there was a girl who came up to me and she's like, oh my gosh, you're Big Girl Pants Podcast. And I'm like, yeah. And I was so excited because I thought she recognized me. And she's like, I saw April and I knew immediately that that, that, that must be you because I saw April. And I'm like. Thanks. Uh, she gets recognized, uh, and I'm like, nobody. So it's funny though. As somebody at the shops at Legacy, that other Starbucks that's mm-hmm. like across the street, somebody I was there one morning working, and somebody was like, "Are you the girl from Big Girl Pants yeah. podcast?" And I was like, "Oh my god, it's so awkward." Maybe, yes. Maybe you wear the right pants. Yes, I I'm am. like Maybe hashtag the- never <laughs> happened to me yet. Maybe I wear the right pants. Maybe that's it. It's the pants. It's, it's totally all the about pants. pants. Okay, so so you recognize me. And then you listened to episode 44, mm-hmm. and that was why you, like, reached out to me. Yeah, cool. definitely. Because I think feminism, feminism is such a big topic yeah. these days. But It's I, such a hot topic, too. I, it's, I, like, very, yeah. I think it's just gotten so extreme where it's just, like, some of the content I see online now is just, like, just very hostile. Yeah. Yes, that's and, the problem. That's why we're not <clears> going to make any change. <laughs> And my thing is, like, you know, throughout my life, either intentionally or unintentionally, I've um, really dug deep and been curious about, like, human nature, right? Sure. Like, how, why are we the way we are? Like, where does it come from? And the more I've learned about that, the more I've been able to piece things together and yeah. kind of, like, make sense of, like, what what is and what we are. Yeah. And, and I feel like maybe that's what's missing in the dialogue, right, in the conversation. Yeah, for in, sure. Instead of just, like... Well, things are the way they are, and let's change them. Right. Maybe let's figure out like how we got here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you, you know? ever listened? Did you listen to the episode of Joe Rogan with Brett Weinstein when he was talking about like some of those issues too? Don't recall. Maybe. Okay, I'll send you the link. There's thousands of Joe well, Rogan episodes. It's it's it was recent, so uh-huh. I'll, I'll send you the link, and it was it's like where they talk about because I mean Jordan Peterson talks a, a lot about the patriarchy versus the matriarchy and yeah. how they kind of like complement each other and how we should really be working on like the the strengths that women have versus the strengths that the men have and whatever how we should be like really mm-hmm. working on the complementary relationship. Right. And Brett Wein- Weinstein was talking about um, Weinstein. Weinstein. Sorry. Weinstein. No, it's Weinstein. It's oh. not Weinstein. Yeah, because it's Harvey Weinstein. 
right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but he was talking, he was on and he was talking about some of the things that um, women, some of the issues that women face that men maybe don't face so that they kind of go into their careers and in those uh, Mm -hmm. sectors or whatever um, with more ease, right? But um, first, before we get on that topic, which I'm... (laughs) so excited to talk about. Um, I want to know a little bit more about you, especially for our listeners too, like how old you are. Okay. I'm 20. I'm going to be 29 in a few weeks. Oh my God. You look like a baby. I thought you were like 24. I did too. I thought you were going to say like 23 or something like that. I'm like 24, dude? Like what? Okay. So you're 29. (laughs) And then um, what do you do like for work? So for work, I design software. I do user experience. And I guess that kind of ties into this topic because part of my job is I really have to... Um, understand people really well, psychology, yeah. cultures, right. environments, um, and then work backwards to you know design our applications, things right. like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think it stems from that. And sure. I just on my personal, my own time, it's just a, as a hobby, I yeah. just like to um, read books about like I told you, evolutionary biology, human history, things like that. Yeah, why we so. do the things that we do. Yeah, yeah. How and we got here. How the the choices that we make that are sometimes like you know. Um, <clears throat> not even choices that we think we're making. We just make mm-hmm. those choices based yeah. on, you know, biology and how like our like genetic choices and how like our genes are kind of programmed to, right. to do these things. And we don't even know that. Right. Like, yeah. It's crazy. I, think, I think we're just as a species, we're just really confused, mm-hmm. especially like in the Western world, like our country, because we're so domesticated, right? We're just born. And then it's just like, we go to school, go to college, get a job. Right. And it's, but instinctively and the way we're wired inside we have these like proclivities and inclinations that are hardwired in us that have evolved over thousands if not millions of years yeah so that's the part that fascinates me it's just it's kind of like being afraid of rats or something right it's like genetically programmed like we're automatically like because someone you know a thousand years ago somewhere in our bloodline was afraid of rats because yeah. like we you know I don't know maybe they <laughs> threatened their livelihood or something but like those things that, that are just ingrained in our DNA and we just <clears throat> don't even know that we make the choices or don't even know that we're afraid of the things that we're afraid of because of those like mm-hmm. genetic imprints yeah. yeah. It's crazy. This is going to be really interesting. I'm so pumped. Yeah, I can't wait to hear and learn what you've learned. Yeah. Because I think, based on what you've said already, um, that you are going to justify a lot of our innate behaviors because they're they're there for a reason, right? And I believe that, yes, that is absolutely correct. However, we are in a period of evolution. Right. So I think we are evolving based on our new current climate and what... And the new experiences that we're in. And so mm-hmm. we are becoming different. So all of those things that got us to here are not what's going to be what gets us to there. So it's, yeah. it's changing. It's like, what's the Darwin theory, like survival of the fittest or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like that's where we are. So even though some of these things are innate because of whatever biology, <laughs> I think they're starting to shift and change. Yeah. So... Go. What else? Yeah. I, I don't know. You were You're wanting like, to know about me. How do we get there? Well, that. Well, so, okay. So, yeah. I mean, so you're 29. Are you from here? Like this? Originally, no. I'm, okay. I'm from Long Island. Okay. So I'm How long have you been in Texas? For t- going on two years now. Okay. okay. What brought you to Texas? It's like a love story. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I was just 
I was looking to find my career and get it settled. And um, I had lived in Georgia for a few years, so I kind of, I had a, you know, I was like, maybe I need to move back to the South. I feel like I was really happy there. Mm. Um, so I had some connections in in Austin. I was like, you know, there's a lot of tech jobs there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try. But I got recruited up here, so I work in Plano now. Uh, the rest is history. Okay. In the, in the making. Cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? <laughs> I'm making it right now. So, like, what was the first thing that kind of, like, piqued your interest in looking into stuff like this and, like, kind of made this... Like one of your interests, like evolutionary yeah, biology so, and stuff like that. Um, I've always been a bit of a bookworm. Um, just growing up, I had my neighbors and friends of my parents. They just gave me a lot of books, and I was. They were old school, so we didn't have internet until I was like in middle school. So mm. I was like, okay, I guess I'll read. I drew a lot, and I read. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was doing a report in college. Actually, I think it was my freshman or sophomore year, and. I picked up a book. I stumbled into it, and it was called Evolution of Desire. I forget who the author is. I can look it up if you want to link it later. But um, I I just thought it was extremely fascinating because I was at that age where I was, like, you know, trying to impress girls and, like, trying to figure out the dating stuff. And so this this book just went so deep into, like, how um, human maiden strategies evolved and, like, what led to... Uh, the, the things we we do now and we kind of take for granted but it, it has like historical roots and so from there on it, it's just um it just snowballed and i just um i just became fascinated for just the sake of knowing and understanding but right. also for personal benefit like well i want to know about these things because i want to empower myself to be good at dating and find someone like worthy and that stuff so that's yeah. so cool yeah <laughs> You're like, I'm really power. trying to understand the science behind dating. You're like, <laughs> I'm really just trying to understand <laughs> women. Science. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Never going to happen. Sorry. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a central force to our, you know, human experiences that I think it's, in, whether you're aware of it or not, you mm-hmm. know, we're all trying to sure. all the get time. there. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Want, we want to be attractive. We want to be desirable. And you know, so it's you like, study what what where that's rooted and mm-hmm. the why behind that. Yeah. Okay. And I think uh, fundamentally, it's rooted in survival, right? That's what we all humans that that's our core mm-hmm. function. And um, and like I said earlier, I think we're a little bit disconnected now. Like for example, in this country, because we don't really think about survival, right? I, I was just going to say survival means something very different today yeah. than it used to mean. Today right. it's, it's more, more economic, yes. getting ahead, uh-huh. being influential, right. that kind of stuff. Um, but so it's about survival. And so if we think like, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago and from there until now, talk going on the topic of like gender. Stuff, yeah, sure. Right? So sure. it's yeah. like, so men to survive, they, they, they had to go to war, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Or they had to hunt or they had to uh, take over different tribes, villages like that. So what happened? So over time we evolved and we became, um, it, it was innate that we were more prone to take risks, mm-hmm. be violent, yeah. you know, and all these things manifest themselves in now, you know, a lot of violent crimes are committed by men. Mm-hmm. Right. So does that mean men are evil? No, no. It means like it's 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 rooted in us because thousands of years ago we needed that drive right, to survive. Right. Yeah, right. So, but what are the positive effects of that? You know, men also became more competitive. So through that, now we have sports, which is a big part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's a lot of fun, and we're pushing the boundaries. And 
competitive, not just uh, for athleticism, but also for uh, entrepreneurship, you mm-hmm. know, um, people wanting to be thought leaders and stuff like that. Right. So, um, and that now ties into the whole thing of like ge- the, the whole gender thing about like, well, why are men in some positions or why are men paid more? And, you know, I'm not saying that should be the case. Like, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. we, we are evolving, we are transitioning, but we also need to understand like how we got here. And why it's that way. And I do agree that <clears throat> radical women who are out picketing and, you know, getting a little crazy, that they're, they're missing the why we're here in the first place. I do agree with that. But I also stand firmly behind, you're right, that's what got us here. But that's not our world anymore. Mm-hmm. And what drove us to this, you know, we've got to fight, we've got to kill the animal, we've got to go to war, we've got to be more violent. That also is transitioning, right? It's not acceptable anymore for man to be violent. It's not acceptable anymore for him to climb over whoever he's got to climb over to get to whatever top he's trying to get to. Now we're wanting an, a level playing field because we all want to play the game. Mm-hmm. And for for instance, look at just like athleticism or just athletes in general. 15 years ago, did anybody give a rat's ass about female athletes? No, but just now, women are starting, like you're starting to see the World Cup is a perfect example. Yeah. You know, how many times <laughs> have they won where we didn't hear a damn thing about it? A lot, a lot. But now we're starting to pay attention. Now we're starting to say, holy crap, that's freaking cool. Yeah. Right? And you've got the Serena Williams and people like that where 20 years ago nobody really cared. Mm-hmm. But women are starting to make an impact and they're starting to demand. I think the difference is we've been taught women to have to be grateful and have gratitude for where we are in our lives and just appreciate that we have a husband and we have children and we have And now we're like, no, we have gratitude, but we also demand what we want. So we appreciate where we are, but we want more. And we want this level playing field, and we don't really care how we got here. We're going to fight for it yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening, and that's why things are changing. So that that's where, for me, it gets a little blurry because wh- what is – a level playing field. Yeah. You know, and what it, and because I think I'm going to say something really controversial. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my belief is, is equality is not the goal. It's yeah. harmony. Agreed. Ooh, yeah. No, I, agree. Like I agree with that. Tying, yeah. And this ties back into my obsession with learning these things for, and where I get that from <clears throat> is I've watched countless of um, documentaries about uh, the primitive tribes that, well, there's a few now, but yeah. there's still recordings about it. And there, there was one from like the 1950s where it was like they were still in their virgin state, yeah. you know. And the one, the pattern that I, re- I recognized was that in all these primitive indigenous tribes, mm-hmm. it's always, um, they all live in harmony. Yeah. Right. Unless they're fighting off another tribe, they're, yes. they're all living together. And what is, what is that? peaceful. Right. And what does that mean? That means that the man has a certain role, the woman has exactly. a certain role, but they have, they complement each other. Right. It's mm-hmm. not the woman's out there going to kill the cheetah and the man's going out there right. to kill the cheetah because who's going to skin the cheetah and cook the cheetah when you get right. back? You so, know what well, I mean? And that's <clears throat> what I think is changing. Yeah. I think you are absolutely correct. And I think that is why, you know, if you go back to like the late 1800s, men had their roles Women had their roles. Everyone lived, mm-hmm. or did they, harmoniously. Right. Right? On the outside looking in, they lived harmoniously because everyone knew what the expectation was. Yeah. They knew that when you had a, a boy, 
what he was going to grow up to be and do. Right. When you had a female, you knew what she was going to grow up and be and do. That is no longer our world, right? We're not living in the, that primitive state and come. we are never going back to that unless there's some kind of apocalyptic... Oh, you never know. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say, unless there's some kind of apocalyptic... So my, my question to you is this. Um, I, I understand that it's we do live in a new world, but fundamentally, is are women going to be happier if they are in the same roles as men, right? Let me just address that for you. Go ahead. From myself. Mm-hmm. So I, <clears throat> I have two children. I, I fought with that. The reason I can speak to that so well is because I lived on both sides. I okay, was right. home for a few years with my kids, and then I have been a career woman for the vast majority of my adult life, right? But I had that first... I'm doing, I'm in the role that I'm supposed to be in. I'm at home, I'm nurturing, I'm making dinner, I'm cleaning the house. The single most miserable time of my life. 100%. 100%. I wanted, and I'm not even kidding, to kill myself. Yeah. I was, it was awful. so miserable. I felt like I didn't have a voice. I felt like I didn't have a place. Yeah. I felt like I was going to raise daughters to turn around and do the exact same thing that I was doing where my mother had done and her mother had done. There was not, that was not the life I wanted. Yeah. So once I broke away and I found myself, if you will, um, into, cause once I, I got my first job, it was up from there. Like I knew once I got that first moment to shine in a career setting, it was no holes barred. Like Game you over. could not hold me back, yeah. right? And then once I was able to finally get back into school and finish my degree, like I, and I'm an academic. I consider myself an academic because I read all the time. But the question was, are they really happier? Well, I'm telling you, I lived both worlds, and I wanted to die. And I don't think in that, that role. Where society says you should hundred percent, and I don't think that that's every woman because I don't there think are so. certain I don't women, think so. especially I mean I know them, but we we were both, I have good friends that love their roles and as they moms. and they they thrive they do there right like staying home being the homemaker taking care of the kids whatever and there's you know we were both there I was a stay at home mom for like eighteen months yeah. and you were what like two years two years so like we were both there but now <laughs> being in the position that we're in we know that that's not the position for us. So I think that when, you know, you ask, you know, are they going to be happier there or do they really want the same type of positions? I think it's more along the lines of we want the opportunity to right. get there, right? And that's what Brett Weinstein, talk, Weinstein talks about on Joe Rogan's podcast because he was like, the reason why women are afraid to pursue a professional career is because the responsibility of the children is on the women. You don't see the same re- amount of responsibility put on men as far as their careers, right? You don't see... There's an image that I posted um, a couple weeks ago, and it was like the, the challenges that women face versus the challenges that men face. And it's like five people, and they're all on a track, right? And it's three women and two men. And the three women right in front of them, the hurdles that they're facing are laundry, cooking, housework. And what do the men have? No hurdles, nothing in their way. Not that men don't have to clean their homes, cook their food, or do their laundry. There's good husbands out there. There are great husbands. Yeah, I've got one of them. But not even like, not even a husband, just a man in general. Let's just remove the husband piece of it 
all together because, I mean, we can use young women and young men. But when it comes to if you decide to get married or become a partner and have children with someone, what is going to be, what is societally your responsibility? For the women, it's the children. So Brett Weinstein was talking about an idea, right, of like, assistance or some type of aid or something to where it's more of a societal help to women to either provide like childcare mm-hmm. or some kind of program where women don't feel like they can have to carry yeah. that burden. So if they do want to pursue something professionally, then they have the option. If they want to stay home, then they have the option to do that yeah. too. But it's like, we face that. I mean, I'm a single mom. I face that all the time. And and there are some days where I don't know how mm-hmm. I do it all. And I'm not saying that there aren't single dads that face the same, like they have the same challenges or whatever. And as women, we put a lot more stress and strain on ourselves to be perfect, to strive for this picture of perfection. Whereas I feel like a lot of men would just let themselves like get away with it or have grace. And that's a blanket statement. Obviously, it's not fair for me to make statements like that. But like, you know, I'm like, I have to make home cooked meals and have to do this, have to do that. And so eventually I got to the point where I started outsourcing, like, you know, I I pay somebody to clean my house or, you know, if I have a a bunch of laundry, I kind of get over it. I don't freak out about it because I am a working professional, a personal trainer, a single mom and a podcaster. Like Mm -hmm. there's only so many things that I can do, but there are some people that don't have that luxury. There Mm -hmm. are some people that can't afford to pay somebody to clean their house or whatever. But, and I think that that's what Shapiro was saying is like, as far as equality and I, and but I 100% agree with the harmonious level of it. There are some men that want to stay home and take care of their kids and take care of the house too. And well, we can't like judge those guys either. No, that's my point. Yeah. I think harmony is the goal. And I think harmony is what we strive for. But it doesn't mean that labels any longer need to be on our head. There's a reason the men were the ones that went to the field. They're stronger, right? There's a, a, a reason that women were the ones to stay home and cook and care for the children. They're the nurturers right. by nature, right? But we don't live in that world anymore. And that's why... But that's the question. So right. how do you do both? How do you raise children but still pursue your career well, as that, a woman? Well, yeah. I've got two phenomenal kids. <laughs> so I'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> you love them. The, all of this pressure that is put on the uh, the shoulders of a mother, your kids are going to turn out to be drug addicts and alcoholics if you get a job. They're gonna they're gonna roam the streets because nobody's home, you know, to yeah, make sure they're, they're key not doing anything. I have two of the most amazing human beings as children, and I worked their entire lives. How did I do that? My kids had boundaries. My kids had discipline. My kids had unconditional love. So they knew no matter what that I had their back, right? I loved them. I poured into them. I was there every single night to sit there and sit on their beds and talk to them and laugh with them. But in the the next morning, guess what I did? I got up and I went to work. Yeah. And if they said, I'm sick, I'm like, is there blood? Because if there's not blood, you're going to school. (laughs) And let me tell you what that did. It instilled a work ethic in my kids that they still have today. Yeah. So can you raise good uh, healthy, emotionally healthy human beings as a working mom, damn right you can because I, I did it. I think for those for those households that have two parents where there's a man and a woman, I think that, and this is just me, again, making a blanket statement, which some people are probably going to get mad, but, like, husbands can get off their ass. Like, I have the ability to handle all of these things, and then there are some women 
who literally have to go to work and come home and their husbands are like, and you know what? I know a couple and I'm not going to say who they are, but I'll say this. The wife works. She not only works, but she makes more money than her husband. Mm -hmm. And when he comes home, he's like, I just want to rest. I just need a break. I just need this or whatever. And she's like, are you kidding me? Like, I have two kids, I pump, I work, I do the laundry, I do the dishes, I clean the house, I do everything. Like, step up. So maybe that's the secret. <laughs> maybe that's the answer to your question. That wasn't my world, right? I am married to Superman, right? right. Not really. But he's a great human. So we shared a lot of the duties. Like, I, I do clean the house because I like to do that, but... He, he handles the trash and he takes the, he does, handles a lot of the laundry and it's, it's very equal. Like yeah. there are things that he was doing and there's things that I was doing. And if the kids needed to be picked up from a certain place, he would go pick them up from a certain place. Right. And if there was a meeting I couldn't be at, he'd make sure that he was there as long as there was always one parent there. Um, and, and he's stepdad too, you know, their actually their biological father lives in Iowa, so he couldn't. Okay. be there for a lot of like the outside of special things that, you know, I'm like, you dude, you got to be here. I didn't have to say that he would want to be here, but R Brad was a great backup for me. And I think because we were a team and we, we set the expectations early on that no one person is going to own any and all. Um, it, I think that's how yeah. well, it, it was very, like, it's like you said too, it was very harmonious. Like you it, guys yeah. lived in harmony and there was, you know, very complimentary. Whatever yeah. you couldn't do, he could do. Whatever right. he couldn't do, you would do. Like, right. it, you work synergistically. But the problem is, you know, with couples that maybe the levels of communication aren't that high mm -hmm. or... And you really... And I mean, it's honestly about being self-aware too because you have to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. And right. same for your partner because your partner can say, you know, I really don't like doing this. And like, I had this conversation with my friend the other day. He's like, I just... I love cleaning, but I just hate laundry. I'm like, oh my God, I hate laundry too. Like, right. I don't want to do that either. But like, you just have to know what you're good at, what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. That way the other person can kind of fill in the gaps. Right. Yeah. So just to play devil's advocate. Because Bring it on. I do, <laughs> I do know of uh, some coworkers and possibly friends that they work, uh, the males, they work full time right. and their wives... Don't stay work, home. yeah, and stay home and raise the kids, yeah. and presumably they're happy doing so. Yeah, I'm sure there are women that are sure, but I think the reason I I'm bringing that up is because you made a statement before and you you felt really strong about it about how um, you know I had to raise my kids and do all this stuff and I was not really happy, and then when I went back into the workforce, I felt reinvigorated. Right? Mm -hmm. that, did right. I hear you? Yeah, you correct? did. You okay. Did. So, so then, what is your this for both of you? The sure. perception of the women who choose to, either short term or long term, you know, be the stay at home mom. Do you, do you think that's a tradition women should break? Do you think no. it's it's a no, I don't. I think it's an individual choice. I think there are going to be some women that that's what they're good at and that's where they should be and that's what they want. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's other women that shouldn't be forced to fit in that box because it's not what they want. Yeah. So I think it really comes down to back to the harmony thing. If, if you're a family and you're going to raise kids, you need to have that dialogue before you get married. 
what, what the expectations are. If you're a man and your expectation is I go to work and I want to marry someone who's going to stay home with the kids, you better have those conversations up front. You yeah. better find a partner who's okay with that because, and, and likewise women, if you, you want to work and, but yet you're kind of torn between, you know, I want a family and I want, you know, somebody to be home with them. You better make sure you got a man who's willing to stay home with the kids or whatever the dynamic is. It doesn't really matter. What we've got to stop doing is forcing people in boxes because of their gender. Yeah. They have to, people have to be free and open to fit and plug in to wherever they fit and plug in and not be forced into some model that yeah. is societal bio- norm. or that yeah. some evolutionary bio- biological thing be- based on days of old, right? Because yeah. that's not who we are anymore. Yeah. I think we really, and we're just on the cusp. This, and I think that's where there are a lot of people still, um, are, are fighting and hanging on to the ways that, that it used to be because they see it and view it as harmonious and, and, and the way it should be because we're just on the cusp. This is so, so new. And so I think a lot of people are holding on to it because they see, well, remember back in the forties and fifties, like women were so happy. No, they weren't. They were drinking sherry until they passed dude, out. I'm like, do a little <laughs> research. No, well, I mean, and I think weren't. that's, I think that it's like, you have to take like, so this is that's very like outside, right? So you, you say you have friends, coworkers, whatever. The man works and the woman stays home and she takes care of the kids. Daycare is expensive. My daughter's school, she's yeah. four, she's about to start kindergarten, is $1,100. When she was an infant, it was closer to $1,500. Yeah, that's that's $500 more than my rent. So if I didn't have, like I stayed home because for me to go back to work at the pay grade that I was at when I had her... It would it would essentially have balanced out. So for so me it's to go fall back, fall on who makes the most money, and the other one, yes, which is typically the woman. So you're, right, you're saying it was more of an economic choice, exactly. Because yeah. for me to go back to work, I would essentially just be paying for childcare. Now, granted, that would have added more stress on me, right? Because I had a, a daughter who was breastfeeding, so I would have had to pump while I was at work, which is a, something that, like, no offense, but men don't have to deal with, and they don't like that's physically exhausting on you on top of your job, but. There's that. There's the stress of getting the kid to school because I was in a marriage where my husband was in oil and gas, so he was gone all the time. Um, so yeah, it was it was economically easier, uh, stress level easier for me to stay home with her. But I still felt like there was a piece of me that was missing. But there are so many women. But there's also men. That's the, that's the the misnomer, right? There's men who are better. Like if I could, if I made as much money as my ex-husband, I would pay him to stay home with my daughter because he is a much more patient parent. He's much nicer to her, like in moments of stress and whatever. He has the ability to be that stay-at-home parent. It doesn't have to be a woman or a man, regardless of what biology says, because some people have more like better personalities to do those types of roles. Just like men can be, you know, Men can be nurses, men can be teachers, men can be counselors, the same as women can be attorneys, they can be high-power CEOs, and we're finding that out now, right? I understand what science says, that it's like ingrained biologically DNA in your chromosomes, et cetera, to be in a certain way, but we have to look at every case individually. Whereas like my dream would have been to be a high-power attorney where I was making money and 
taking names. That's like what I wanted. No kids, no husband. I wanted no responsibility. I wanted to go to work and make money. Yep. But that's obviously not how my life worked out. <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I'm not right? either. Because having kids does fill a certain yeah. space within your soul right. that you would have never had. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's also something that wasn't ingrained in me. So being raised, my, mm. my parents raised me to be nurturing and to be... Um, helpful and to make sure, you know, my, my role in the family, the women, the woman's role in the family was, you know, when the aging parents or grandparents are getting older, we take care of them. When, you know, you take care of the kids, you take care of all of the, any, any family situation, it is the woman's job to step up and take care of that. It wasn't about education. It wasn't about, um, what are you going to be when you grow up and what college are you going to go to? It was just learning to be nurturing and learning to be loving and learning to give of myself at the expense of myself. For sure. That's how I was raised. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was probably 28 years old when I realized there's not realized scratch that where I started to worry, is there something wrong with me? Because I don't, I'm not feeling that, that nurturing whatever it is. Like I watched all of the women in my family be that and be that so well. And be okay with that. No, that's the fun part. Um, but they did it because that was the expectation. And then when I started to have these doubts and like, what's wrong with me? Like, I don't want that at all. I mean, I will pay somebody to do it, but (laughs) I mean, and I bought a big house because I know at any given time people could have live with me and I've had people live with me and I know my parents will probably live with me at some point. So from that perspective, sure. Nurturing all the way. But am I going to be the one who quits my job to go take care of my aging parents? No, I'll move them in here and I'll hire a hell an aide. yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. But I'm not going to be the one who quits everything to go take care of everything like they did. Yeah. But it was when I had this epiphany or this kind of change of mindset um, or awareness, and I started to communicate that to my family. That's when I learned that my mom wished she would have gone to college. She she wanted a career, but that just not that wasn't what was trained or ingrained in her, right? The so she never right. she was trained to finish high school, get married, have kids and be the best mom and daughter that you can possibly be. And she did do that and she did it very well, but is she 100% fulfilled? No, she wasn't. Let me tell you when she became fulfilled, when she got a real estate license and started kicking ass and making as much money as my dad. That's when she started feeling fulfilled. It's fulfillment. Mm. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I think the biological expectations, um, yeah, are we having to fight that a little bit? Because is there a biological pool that we should be staying at home and raising the kids? Hell yeah, there is. And that's that's where the stress settles in is because just because I wanted a career, does that mean I didn't miss my kids? Does that mean I didn't want to leave them with a daycare every no. single day? Yeah. No, I still hated that, but it was just kind of prioritizing me. And if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of them. Yeah, I think I think the other layer to that too is just... Within our culture, you know, we live in a capitalistic, very competitive culture, we very do, sure. high yes. drive, and um, tying it back to the evolutionary mm-hmm. biology, testosterone stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, men tend to thrive in that environment. Yeah, because 
we're built for that. Yeah, you know? you're I, built for that, and there's no expectations or pull to make you do anything else to, but that. Right. To Just make sure we're like. For, you're talking about yeah. for the raising the kids. Hell yeah. Yeah. Topic. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, okay. The, what I was saying is, um, I think that's the other layer to it, too, is because we do live in a very uh, competitive culture, you know, when a woman wants to pursue on a career, it's like high drive, and she's got to commit, right, mm-hmm. a lot of hours. Yeah. And so then my question is, does it become an either-or thing, right? right? Do I want to be a full-time mom and be there for my kids and help raise this family, or do I want to pursue my current career as an attorney. No, I don't think it is an either or. I think it's a learning. I think it's learning. No, do, do you think now as the expectations and the cultural barriers, do you think now it's, it's an either or thing for women? I think society. Like societally? Yeah. Right. I, I think society is trying to say that there's an either or, but I don't think there really is. I do actually believe you can have both. I know that you can have both. <clears throat> I've done it. But I do think go. society says pick one because you can't do both well. So you got to. But do we think that's because of the quote unquote patriarchy or do we think that's because of what? Like, I think it goes back to our conversation with Rhonda Merchant. Um, we as women have not learned the bro code yet. We're at mm. we are. Yes. Stay at home moms are looking at career moms like. Oh, What's wrong I... with you? Do yeah. you not understand priorities? Oh. And career women are looking at stay-at-home moms and they're saying, "What's wrong with you? Don't you care about yourself?" Yeah. Right. So until we learn how to appreciate where each other is in their journey and to not point fingers and to not say what's wrong with you and just embrace that everybody's different and everybody wants different things and it's okay. Yeah. I think until we figure that out, and we are so far yeah. from that. Well, and I think it, it has something to do with what you said, too, about being in a capitalistic society and competitive. We also don't live like villagers anymore. Well, that's where we were going earlier. It's like, what got us here is what's going to get us there. That's not our world anymore. No, but but I mean, like, in, in the idea of, you know... You know, grandma lives down the street, next door, yeah. whatever. We live with grandma. Grandma can watch the kids while the mom goes to work so the mom doesn't have to pay an oh, arm and a leg yes. in child care. Like, that that would still be nice now. Like, I, I didn't have any help. I had yeah. no help. I couldn't even shower without my kids screaming, <laughs> like, her head off. And, like, I mean, just... Like small little things. Like I lived in North Dakota, so I lived by myself. I depended on, you know, my friends and, you know, my husband's work family. And the same as, you know, now. It, it was like pulling teeth trying to find a sitter for this weekend. And, yeah. I, and I still didn't find it. So it's like if we lived in a society where, you know, we maybe in, like other cultures do, like a lot of other cultures do, where yeah. they have like family that lives either in the house or near them oh, yeah. and the moms can, you Makes know, sense. right. Have grandparents have a, fa- have a village. Cause it really does take a village to raise a child. You can't just do it by yourself. But in America, we're like, no, like basically wear yourself so thin that like your skin is coming mm. off your bones because you have so to do everything. Maybe it's a beyond the gender thing. Maybe it's a it is. cultural thing. Uh, yes. Yeah, for sure. I, I do believe Bingo. that. Yes. <laughs> and we I, found it. Well, and we, but we talked about that. We talked yeah. about that with Rhonda too, <laughs> is that, it isn't necessarily a gender thing. I don't think men are trying to keep the women down. Like, I do not think that. I think it's Maybe how, men are just not aware. I, I don't even think it's that. I think that w- women are more responsible. I think we aren't 
standing up and owning our space. We aren't embracing the fact that we are different from men. It irritates the hell out of me when I see a woman say, we're equal. We're exactly the same as you. No, you're not. Well, there's a meme that says, there's a meme that says men are shit. Women want to be equal to men. Okay. So what do you want? Like you want to be shit? Like, what does that even mean? Well, I just, (laughs) but that's like the rap. That's like the radical feminism. It's like, Oh my God, you're, you're the worst. Like you're the worst ever, but we want to be just like you. Okay. Make up your mind. I, I just think, we are different and we should embrace those differences. And I think we both deserve a place at the table because we are different. Diversity is what makes change and diversity is what makes good choices and good decisions because you have two different mindsets coming together to make. Yes. And it's when you've got one set of, you know, you got, you got a, a boardroom full of all men, right? Especially when you got a boardroom full of all white men. Yeah. Like they don't even have different life experiences to bring to the table and to share. So the more diverse you can be, the more different perspectives you have, the best the decisions better, you can make. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's so, like when men are sitting around talking about women's health care, huh? How do you have any, I know. you have no idea what that's like. And you know what? It's, it's like, it's the conversation that I was having before around like the fact that, like you said, we have not figured out the bro code within women, because if we figure that out, how to like have each other's backs, how to, yeah, to, uh, reinforce each other, then we could all come together and like, we could move mountains. Well, think about something like this failure. We are just now starting to embrace the concept of failure. If you're not failing, you're not trying. But that is not how it's been over the last forever. Men fail, and they're said, people tell them, it's okay, you got this, just keep going, keep going, it's fine. Women fail, they're like, we told you not to do it. Yeah. We told you. I told you not to do that. I told you not to do that. I told you that was a stupid idea. Right, women are not, we don't embrace each other's, and I'm not saying this is men against women, this is women against women. Yeah. Women Uh-oh. don't embrace. It's true, it's true though. It's we, true. We, We're our harshest critics on ourselves yeah. and on each other. Well, don't get it twisted. Men, there's a lot of men oh, yeah, there's to a men lot of chauvinist. rivalry too. Yeah. Competitive though. Of course. Y'all can have a knockdown drag out, punch each other's lights out, and then go have a beer later. Yeah. <laughs> so women don't do that, no. right? We first we'll hold grudges for I was gonna decades. Say, you may not even know your neighbor hates you and secretly <laughs> wants to kill you oh, in your Lord. sleep. It's true. So, <laughs> it's true. So I think we have we have the a lot of truth will set you free. Right? Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of growing that needs to be done from that perspective. But what I was saying about the collaboration, I th- this isn't in my opinion. This isn't about women keeping or men keeping women down. This is about women rising up and learning to walk side by side alongside like men walking alongside us and women walking alongside them and we're just we're all after the same goal whatever that may be but i think right now men are carrying the torch because we allow them to because we're not stepping up yeah or we don't feel like we're capable of doing capable qualified whatever the the case may be we talked about this again with Rhonda. If there's a job posted on yeah. the internet, I'm in, I'm in staffing. We're both in staffing. Okay. If we have an opportunity posted, hands down, the men when you if you separate the resumes and you look at the only the unqualified people, usually more men will respond. Unqualified men will apply to a job than women. Why is that? Because if women can't check all the boxes and prove their worth and prove that they're qualified, they're not even going to try. 
men, they can find one little thing and go, yeah, I got that. I can do that. (laughs) Well, that helps put them in positions where they can rise faster, right? Because they're trying. They're putting their hat in the ring. I was at a a book club yesterday. This is where I was introduced to this book, uh, Wolfpack by Amy Wambach. And we, uh, it's really just all about what the rules are, how the rules are changing now, what they were, what the expectations were and kind of what they are now. And there was a man sitting beside me and he said, well, you know, isn't it possible that it's just that there's more men that are more qualified for these jobs? First, I wanted to take the book and smack him upside the head. (laughs) And I'm like, sure. In, In this time and space that we're in right now, yeah, I do think that there's more men qualified, but we need to get to the why they're more qualified. It is how we are raising our children. We are raising girls to be nurturing and agreeable and friendly and helpful. Yeah. Well, what the hell do you want to be if you're if you're taught to be nurturing and friendly and helpful? I'm going to be a nurse or a teacher. Right. We're teaching our boys to go out there and fight for what they want. And be leaders. So what are they going to be? leaders right right well even my or, mom when or, i was when i was born my mom was like i want to have a girl first so she can help me raise the boy <laughs> what yeah really but i think it's a lot of that that is why first of all men were taught from the beginning of time go get it go get it the food the shelter whatever go get it and then take care of your family that's how it's always been but i don't need anyone to kill the elephant or the <laughs> buffalo or whatever for me anymore. I don't need You some... can kill the elephant? Do I have a gun? <laughs> Guess what? Ooh. I have a gun and I'm a damn good shot. <laughs> so Thanks for having an elephant for dinner. Yeah, right. I, know. I can't I, wait. I'll I know. I don't even know where elephant this is we go we talk about this all the time. So some I crazy think... shit comes out of my mouth so sometimes. I agree. You have a gun, you can you're I a agree good with, shot. I agree with everything you're saying. Um but I think the thing that I want to shed light to is there's the expectations thing, which is a cultural thing, right? Sure. You're saying like yeah. the way we're raising daughters, yes. right? There's, there's a cultural, um, but how much of it is uh, influenced by nature, right? Instinctively. Oh, I think most of it. That's And I think that's where... That's what I'm saying is that's got to be considered because it's not just cultural. Well, that's it's why not I was just saying. No, I think you're right. I think it's first of all, it starts there. That's where it's rooted, mm-hmm. and it's 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 instinctual. It's biological. It's innate, right? And I, that's where I was saying earlier is I think you're a hundred percent right there, and it served us well for where we used to be, but for where we're transitioning into this new world. It doesn't work anymore. But it doesn't yes, make it, us satisfied anymore. It doesn't work, but we also we're still born with that DNA. Yeah, we're not. Do you gonna, get what I'm saying? Hundred percent, and we're not going to change that necessarily. And I think I think it might evolve over thousands of years because as as we, especially men, you know, as we continue to live in what I call domesticated societies, like yeah, you're, for you're, sure, you're, you're your not out, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, fighting right. people. You're not hunting. Right. You're not throwing spears. And so over time, you know, it's possible that, for example, it's just I'm just throwing stuff out there. You know, maybe our testosterone levels 
will kind of maybe even out. Well, more. they're already dropping just yeah. with this. Have you? I'm like, I hope you, not. You probably read about that. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I'd hope not, but yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's already happening. Just the, within the last twenty years, men transitioning into this new kind of expectation where they help out more in the home. They're not. They can't be as violent. Women are smacking their husbands now. If if, if you don't see, not that is not okay. That is not what I meant. Like, oh my gosh, my husband and I would never. But it's not what I meant. I just mean it used to be like in the 1950s, 1670s, if a man hit his wife and she called the police, the police would say, ah, that's a domestic dispute. Turn around and leave. Right. That is not going to fly anymore. That's not acceptable anymore. Yeah. And so with these new expectations, societal, cultural, whatever you want to call it, expectations, men, that the biological, whatever it is that, that makes us who we are is starting to shift testosterone levels are lower in men now than they used to be. Mm-hmm. So we could argue, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. But what I do know is I fully embrace the idea of us becoming harmonious. <laughs> I was going to say equal, but I get it. Like, we're not equal. I mean, I know if a man takes me out, you know, and tries to kidnap me and tie me up and put me in some, you know, cabin in the woods and, you know, rape me for 10 days, I'm probably not going to be able to like defend do, yourself uh, right, right, to, like, to do much, especially if there's two, like I, I I'm probably not like yeah. going to be able to do a whole lot. Right. If I don't have my gun with me. So I know that we're different. I get that a hundred percent. I'm just saying things are changing. Things are shifting biologically. Things are changing. Right. Right or wrong, you've got women and men that no longer identify as women and men. I'm not saying I'm pro or, or, or whatever. I'm just saying that is not something you used to see. No. Ever. And it was certainly not a conversation that anybody would openly have. And now we do. So things are changing. That's all I'm saying. It's like what, you know, in 150 years from now, Will somebody be sitting across from me and saying, "Well, this is this is the way it was"? Because you're gonna it's... live that long. Yeah, for sure. No. Yeah, forever. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm, it's I'm possible. Worried. She's on the founder of youth. I did. Yeah. Well, no, but people, just in general, will will somebody be sitting around a table, you know, s- discussing the evolutionary, like, wh- why are we here, and wh- why do we have the roles that we have, and how did we get here? Are they going to say? I don't know. Well, that's my point, though, is like, what is the conversation going to look like then? Yeah. 200 years from now, 300 well, it's years not like, from now. It's not like people weren't trans back then, because like, that, you know, that was just very, like, hush, hush, like nobody talked about it. Well, like, I mean, if 10 years like, ago, that was hush, hush, well, really. If, if, I mean, I remember my grandmother telling me about, like, her sister married a man who used to dress up in her clothes. Right. And now that's like a lot more socially acceptable that like people are coming out and like being okay with that. Right. Right. But, and I mean, that happened 60 years ago. So like, it's not that it wasn't around, it's just more societally accepted. It was just more awareness too. Right. And then people feel more comfortable about it or whatever. But I think, I think the biggest point is like for men to be, to pursue career or to be, um, you know, professionally driven and Mm -hmm. to be competitive and stuff like that. I think it's, I think it's a lot of men have talked about this, especially men in leadership that kind of see and value a woman's place in the workplace 
to say like we're kind of doing ourselves a disservice by only like she said like having a a, a a room full of white men that all went to Ivy League schools and they grew up affluent and all this stuff like seeing the value in having a woman and having different perspectives culturally sexually all of that it's only going to make us better so like yeah we're living harmoniously but I think that women just want the opportunity to do the same thing that men have had the opportunity to do since the industrial revolution. Right. Cause like when men had to go to war and, and Rosie the Riveter had to go to work, we were able to do it. Somehow we were able to do it. Somehow we were able to go into those factories and build that equipment well, and do that work. That's what ignited right. the shift. And that's, and that's, that's when women were like, yeah, I can, I can do, this. do this. Right. And you can do this. Yeah. And guess what? When they needed us, they fully embraced us doing that because mm-hmm. all the men were at war. Have you guys looked at the statistics or studies of women that do stay at home um, by choice? Like, you know, obviously it's a choice, but stay at home and... But honestly, like how much of it is a choice? I, w- I want to talk about that well, too because... First, yeah. have you looked at the statistics and the studies and I can't speak to them, but I encourage you to do that. Maybe we come back and, and have the dialogue, but... Um, depression, yeah. alcoholism, yeah. prescription pills, yeah. things like that. It's so rampant in the community of the women who stay at home. I have a girlfriend that I, very dear friend of mine, who stays home with her children. She loves her kids with all her heart and soul, but she's got a master's degree and she started out having a career and she was very, very um, proud of her career and proud of her accomplishments. But then she got married. They had a family. Her mom stayed at home. That was what she was supposed to do. She stayed at home. She is now an alcoholic. And she is just now starting to come to terms with that and starting to recognize the fact that she's an alcoholic. And when I talked to her, I'm like, what's really going on here? And she's like, I'm miserable. Like, I've lost myself. All I am now is mom to my kids. I have Mm -hmm. nothing outside of that. So I just... Um, and and I think that like when you think about it, at what age do let's say um, standard middle class women have children, right? Like mid to late twenties, we could say that's fair. Up until their mid thirties, sure, right? So you've lived for twenty five years before you even consider having children. So you're this person, you have this identity until you have another identity, and then you're supposed to completely eliminate that identity and then be a parent, like. And that's, it's so, it is selfless and it's the choice that you make when you have kids, but you don't even know what that looks like until you have kids. Well, but one thing I will speak to is I think that's where it all starts is for women to stop looking at their roles in the world as their identity. Your role is not your identity. Yeah. Just because you're a mom, that is not all you are. But society places that on us too. Well, I know, but it's up to us to change that in ourselves. True. So we go to work every day. Does that mean I'm just that and not a mother or I'm just that and not a wife? No. Those are roles that we play in the world that is not our identity. Yeah. And I think when we learn how to separate those two things and and really focus on our identity we can better we can be better in these individual roles that we play yeah and when when society embraces the fact that we are multifaceted and that we're humans and we have a lot of different things going on at the same time like you know if you look at a man and you're like oh he's an attorney yeah okay but is he an attorney and a golfer and a dad and an avid sports car fan like you know what I mean like (laughs) are we really looking at men in the same respect as you know we're supposed to be looking at women like not always yeah yeah I don't know I don't either well the other you talk about changing thing the other controversial controversial thing that I think is one of those things that 
women versus women um, they kind of look down upon is the group of women that choose not to have kids. Yeah, right? I think and, it's yeah. badass. I, I don't. I don't have. A, I don't care. Like I don't care what anybody chooses. But I think you're right. I think we have to stop looking at women who don't have children as less than, right. or or that they don't know love, or what's wrong with right. Like they must be heartless. You know and what I mean. Some of these women are perfectly happy. Yes. Well, I I can I've name a few of them. Get it. I get it. Yep. I totally get it. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, I've I've met like two people recently that they both elected not to have children. Three, we yeah. had we had one on our on our podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. Three I don't, of my best friends. I would never judge mid, that. Well, ones in their late thirties, two are in their mid forties, never had kids. Two of them never married. They aren't missing anything. anything. They love <laughs> their nieces and nephews, and they're super um, family-oriented. They just don't... And one of them doesn't even have pets. No kids, no pets. And she's not missing out in life. She's no. living her best life. No, no stress. No stress. <laughs> right, that's for sure. And a lot more money. So maybe that's another um, expectation barrier, right? That within women, maybe it, it's something yeah. that needs to be overcome, not yeah. just... Yeah. The expectation of, yes, you can go out there and pursue your career, do whatever you want, but also, like, well, if you don't want to have kids, you're not crazy. Yeah, right. 100%. Like, that's okay. And it's they should okay. be supported in that that's decision. That's exactly right. Well, that's been kind of my point and plight from the beginning is we just have to stop putting labels on people and stop trying to put them in little boxes. Just let everybody let's raise everybody to go out and live their best life and learn what their attributes are and learn what their gifts are and yeah. learn what, you know, what they should be be pursuing and then do what you want to do. You want to have a family, have a family. You want to have a family and a career, have a family and a career. You want to have a career, have a career. Like it doesn't matter what we think or what society thinks or what cult, the culture thinks just go do you. Yeah. That's, and I That's think, huge. Yeah. But we're not there yet. No, not even yeah. close. <laughs> we're all like competing with the Joneses and trying to be better. I feel like we were all over the map because I feel like I've heard both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. Like, you're telling me you have friends that said, okay, I had a, a master's degree, but then I had to raise my kids, mm-hmm. and now I'm depressed, and she became alcoholic. Yeah. But then you hear moms that said, I love raising my kids. I loved every moment. Sure. Well, why, I'm happy. Yeah. So are you wanting... I think this... Uh, we just hit it. I think this is why you're confused. <laughs> no, I, I think we just figured no, it out. No, it's not that I'm confused. I'm, I'm saying... It, We're all over the board. There's a spectrum. Well, that's the point. Yeah. Individuals don't fit in a box. Yeah. We're all different. Men are easier. We're just black and white. I don't think so. I don't either. <laughs> like I said, to, I, like I, I said about, so. I don't know. Like I said about Chloe's dad. I mean, like he would, like he, not that he, not that he wouldn't want to work or that he wouldn't like to have something to do on the side. But I'm telling you, if I could make enough money to pay that man to stay home, oh, he would my be husband too, absolutely, uh, um, so excited. Oh my god, my husband has been telling me for years. He's like, can like, you go make more money just, so I can stay home? Yeah. Like, when do I get to retire? Right. I'm like. <laughs> AKA not work and you work. <laughs> he would love it. You're like, I promise I'm working. No, okay, but, I'm trying. But back to that, I think if you're trying to figure out, like, all women are either going to want to stay home with their children or they're going to be miserable because they gave up their, they're trying to find that balance and they can't find it. And so they're miserable because they're trying to be stay at home moms, but really they have to work or whatever it is you're trying to like put whatever box you want to put us in. 
You can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's some women who just don't want kids. There's some women who want kids, and that's all they want to do is just love on those that kids and my raise mom. them. There's there's some women who want both. There, you're never going to be able to put them in a nice little box because it's an individual choice, and you don't know who wants what, and nobody should have to decide what you know, or or choose. Yeah that path. Yeah. Like, just do what you want to do and what makes sense for you. It's really that simple. And I, I feel like if everybody was pursuing their goals and dreams and passions <clears throat> and, you know, what they Everything wanted out of life, place. then less people would be concerned with other people because everybody wants everybody wants the perceived illusion of happiness, right? They're like, oh my God, look how pretty I look or look how happy I am or look how happy my family is and look at our family pictures and we just bought this new car and blah, 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 right. whatever. But if they were really pursuing like those things that drove them, their passions, what's inside of what's them. Inside then they wouldn't fucking care about what other people think. I know. I think that's the biggest thing. It's that's like, the shift. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That Pursue is... your calling yes. versus versus what kids you are think... going to make you happy. Yes. Yes. Oh, for sure. And Man, there are having, like revelations. I know. But there <laughs> are some people that do that too. There are some people that enter in relationships and they get married and they think, you know, well, maybe our marriage isn't good, so we'll have kids to make us happier. So there's again, if they were pursuing what they really wanted like if a family is what they really wanted out of love and coming from that side of Mm -hmm. it and making a family out of that versus a band-aid like then yeah for sure they would be much happier but it's like but also embracing the different choices so women you know a working woman looking at a stay-at-home mom there shouldn't be this animosity and vice versa. It's like, we've got to stop that. It's like, it doesn't really matter what my neighbor does. I don't really care. Right. And she shouldn't care what I do. And you shouldn't care what I do. And I shouldn't care what you do. I think there's probably a socioeconomic variable to it too, because it's like, yeah, you know, if you can afford a stay at home Mm -hmm. and hire babysitters, right. Then it's like, well, you obviously your lifestyle is going to be a lot different than the mom that's got a, Work and watch the kids. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It's complicated. It is complicated because <laughs> it kind of so goes back. We, we got to be done here in a sec, but it kind of goes back to this whole time we're talking about choices. Me too. Like I'm saying, it's a choice. So we should be able to do what we want to do, but it's not always a choice. Sometimes it's economic. Sometimes it's cheaper to stay home because daycare is too expensive. Yes. Does that, is that what the woman wants? Not necessarily, but it's a choice she's got to make because. Because her husband can't afford to pay for daycare. Because her husband makes more money. And, you know, for her to go back to work, and regardless of what that may be, it's still going to be insanely expensive. And so that's that's not a choice. Especially if you have two kids. Like, imagine if you have two. That's a mortgage plus. My cousins had two kids, $2,400 a month in daycare for her to go back to work. So she had to make... At least a hundred thousand dollars a year to well, make that to make Taylor, sense of that. My daughter yeah. is paying twelve hundred. Well, will pay twelve hundred a month when they put the baby in daycare. Right, right. now, it's not because it's only two days a week. But when it goes to five days a week, twelve hundred dollars a month. Yeah, and that's what Brett Weinstein was talking about on Joe Rogan because he was like, if there was more of a societal shift to assist women, because what they were talking about originally assist families, assist families. You're there right. You there you go. But a, but but it does fall on the maternal provider. I don't care if that's a guy or a girl. Whoever's going to be the mom in the situation, whether that's a gay couple or two women or well, whatever, but it's still a family. It, not in a single mom situation or single dad situation, right? But I mean, society. But a family. Well, but I mean, like if there's a family, right? 
and somebody has to choose to stay home, it's going to be the person who makes the least money typically or has the least Which, amount of opportunity. historically, it's women. Right. Right. But that's still a family economic decision. That's not just the True. woman's decision. That's the family so what has the, to but, make a choice. Right. But what they were talking about was like James Damore's... Um, paper or article when he was at Google and he was talking about incentivizing more women to get into tech, which I work Mm -hmm. in IT staffing. So Mm -hmm. I don't see anywhere near the amount of women working in technology that are, that there are men. Right. So he was saying if we had some kind of societal shift to where there was more assistance towards women to really explore their talents, we would have, but it, no, but they're talking about women. That's what I'm saying. But it's like, if we had more of a societal shift towards women to embrace their skills, there would be more women in some, tech, but some, we're afraid. Yeah, some like some kind of infrastructure that would subsidize the parenting yes. tasks. Yes, right? yes. Right, like, okay, like, we want people to pursue their careers, so what? how can we make parenting easier? Well, and, yes. like, even... Because even, I think right now it's like you're expected to do both. It's like, you okay, are. you want to pursue a career, you want to raise kids on you. right. And then people say that to you. They're like, oh, well, that was your choice. Oh, these are your choices or whatever. And a lot of time it's women, <laughs> which that yeah. makes it even more harder. And that that makes like, sense because it's like as a society, if we want to raise kids right, right, and we want to um, make sure we're properly raising the next generation, then right. we should focus and prioritize um, that aspect, yeah. right? Like how can we subsidize or make it easier for parents to mm-hmm. or subsidize the we're raising, daycare we're raising the future i mean how, why is it so hard for us to to prioritize children i mean there are daycares where kids are getting left in vans in hot vans and they're dying you know what i mean and think about the women or the families that live in those socioeconomic areas where those children are being left in vans and think about the amount of money that that they're paying for that type of childcare when, again, we're raising the future. This is a whole nother podcast. I know, I know, I know. Man, we could, we could go <laughs> We could go forever. <laughs> yeah, my husband is, you know, of the mindset that it's not the government's, just, you know, he responsibility. It's not their responsibility to take care of us. Right. It's, it's our own personal choices that kind of take us down a certain path or whatever. And I'm like, sure, but there are also kids that are raised in certain environments that aren't introduced to certain concepts um, Choices, options, options, whatever. Yeah. They like they weren't even taught that education is uh, should be a priority. Like no one ever taught them anything, right? Right. So that could, that could be a whole other like 100%. podcast. So we're over an hour. Um, we do have to stop it here, which is sucky because I'm like loving this conversation. Me too. I'm so glad you reached out. I don't know. If like I, I know you didn't change my mind, and I'm pretty sure I didn't change yours, but it was really nice to sit alongside somebody and have dialogue without fighting. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that Offering nice? Offering a different perspective. Yeah, yeah, and I do have an, a, a serious appreciation from for your perspective. Like I totally get it, and I understand and believe in it too. I just don't think that's where we are anymore, and I think we're we're on the cusp of a very very major shift. Mm-hmm. And I think that could even be biological down path, yeah, which is absolutely. crazy. Because what does that look like? It's evolution. And I think as we've talked about this too, it's clear that this is not just a. I mean, you know, there is the the biological aspect of it, mm-hmm. but it's also like well, parenting, right? Well, mm-hmm. that involves like policymakers, or that yeah. also involves like enterprises, right? Mm-hmm. How can they help right. female workers? 
raise kids. There's yes. a whole talk about parental leave. And yes. Some companies don't really pay for it or they don't, uh, it's not a big part and of it. And we're their... one of the only <clears throat> countries, or at least developed countries. We're the that... very lowest when it comes to, uh, yeah. yeah, parental leave and paid yeah. parental leave. We don't, we don't have it. Right. Yeah. Whereas like pretty much every other, <laughs> even poor countries have it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked about just this sad. last little thing, but we talked about this on that. You need to listen probably to the Rhonda Merchant uh, episode, just because I've mentioned so many things. But we we talked about that how um, in the in the workplace, women have different expectations. Like you know, w- we typically are the ones that are rushing to the daycare to pick up the kids, and then rushing home to help with homework. And I'm not saying that a lot of dads aren't doing it too. I, they are, but I think we do it because of like what what was it the last episode we were talking about. Um, we're not the victim, but we're the, not the helper. What does she call us in the drama triangle? Accomplice? No, in the drama triangle. We're the, the heroes. The heroes. Yeah. We, we, we women have a tendency to swoop in and play the hero. Um, we want to fix everybody's problem. We want to make sure, you know, husband doesn't have too much stress and kids don't have too much stress. So I'm going to rush the daycare so he can not have to deal with that. I'm going to rush home and cook dinner so he doesn't have to deal with that. And I'm going to do the laundry so he doesn't have to deal with that. We are owning more than we probably have to. If we would just reach out and ask for help, we yeah. probably have a lot of men that would say, oh, shit, I didn't even know you needed help. Okay, right. sure. Self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, kind of yeah. went off on another team. By the way, I just want to set the record straight about the whole um, bringing up the whole evolutionary biology and yeah. instinctive nature stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I hope you know, I'm not suggesting that, well, this is the way we're built and this is the way we are and we should keep it that way. It's just more of like having the awareness, right, right from a women's perspective as to what are the, the driving forces that could be a factor into uh, why men pursue certain careers yeah. or why women pursue certain careers or pursue certain lifestyles, sure. right? So it's not it's not about like this is the way we should be. It's about like understanding the conditions that are like influencing those yeah. things. Yeah, and I do think that is what got us here for a hundred percent. And I hope you understand that it's not that I don't disagree with that. It's just I think things are changing. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Great. Conversation, my friend. I think you should Very come back. Very nice to meet you. I think we should continue this conversation. We For could sure. actually. We've had some uh, like two, three hour podcasts because we just couldn't stop the conversation. If we had time today, I'm telling you, this could be one of them. Yeah. All right. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I guess I'll, we didn't plug us on the last one, so if you will, no, just in case we're somebody... so bad. www.biggirlpantspod.com. Uh, you can find our episodes there. You can find all of our social there. Um, and yeah, if you want, I mean, do you want anybody to find you? Uh, sure. If you okay. want. Mr. Gianfranco on on Instagram. Yeah. G-I-N. Maybe I should start posting more stuff. Yeah, you should. You should totally do that. Absolutely. I think you probably get a lot of followers. Um, And please like our, or not like, what is it? Leave us a review. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, Subscribe and review. Yeah. We really, really want some reviews. We love, love, love. And a rating would be great. Um, Gives us more exposure on iTunes. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.